and what's up y'all welcome back to another episode on that dynamite review show on the technology news talk and man what a dynamite this was um this was um not really the um much surprise but we did get a little su su surprises there uh here and there but um yeah either way uh pretty decent uh dynamite dynamite show uh, last night even though the milwaukee crowd was kind of like dead at some parts but it is what it is but um and also welcome my co-host uh, for the uh, for the for the day as well, Mr. Leland Bedford. What's up, bro? What is up, everybody? We got another AEW Dynamite episode to review. Um, this one is only a few weeks before I am going to be a Dynamite in Detroit on May 10th. I just got my tickets last night, so I'm excited to see the show live. Uh, but yeah, um, another episode to review. Let's get into it. Yeah, and then um we'll get into the surprises later. But um our first opener uh for the for the day is um uh Darby Allen versus uh Sir Strickland, and uh you guys already know that they know each other uh that back in the days, so you are already going to expect to have a um a banger opener to to start the show. But um in the end of it um that's uh. Darby Allen hooked up the uh the one leg um uh the pin attempt and then that was the one two three and that and that was uh it so um uh, yeah so yeah the main focus for for Darby Allen was to work on the the foot of uh Sir Strickland who had a uh, recently had an injury on but yeah but but in the end uh Allen hooked up the last uh, supper for the win and then um right afterwards MGS music hit and then. We got another uh great promo. Now, um, we already seen from Jungle Boy already, but now last night we got with Darby Allen. Now, our Sammy Guevara did kind of have his promo by himself, but but now we just have to wait and see uh if they're gonna do the face to face between MJF and Sammy Guevara next week. We just have to wait until then. But um this segment here with uh, MJF and Darby Allen, man, this was really good. So, um, MJF ran down to ran down the crowd as always. Called them the Milwaukee Walkies. I don't know, but I forgot how to pronounce it. But um, he he congratulates Darby Allen on his win without Steen's help. MJF said that match at Full Gear twenty twenty one was one of the best in AEW history, and MJF beat him with a headlock takeover. Allen was it is it on the level of the devil. Allen asked if MJF is happy as six years ago when they wrestled in front of 30 people and MJF was miserable then and he is miserable now. Allen said he was miserable but sought out therapy. It has helped him and used money from AEW to buy his parents a house. Sting isn't his father, but he is one of his best friends. And he said, this is MJF's 15 minutes. Allen got in MJF's face and said he has more to say and keep talking as MJF called him an errant little boy. MJF is sick of the morals of Allen, Jungle Boy, and Guevara as morals kills careers in this sport. MJF said Allen thinks he's a daredevil when he is actually a coward, while MJF couldn't care less if he on his deathbed alone and he is willing to do whatever it takes to leave a legacy. MJF's legacy will be the greatest champion of all time, while Allen is simply Steen's bitch. And then before you know it, Steen's music hit, and with a huge ovation, and Steen said he doesn't view himself as a daddy daycare type of guy. He's more of a cheerleader. Steen took out uh, porn pops, uh, uh, pom-poms, that's, that's what it's called, from his jacket and talked about uh, Cody daycare. And it was like, oh, he talked about Cody. As Cody was a cheerleader for MGL, just like Steen for uh, Allen, just like Ric Flair was for, for Steen when he started his career. But back then when, when he was the surfer Steen and then trans over to the, um, to the Crow Steen and then the Wolfpack and then the Joker, uh, variations uh, of of Steam, and he said he doesn't have the thirst for the world title anymore. 
at Showtime is almost over for Sting, but it's just getting started for Darby Allen. Sting told MJF that Darby Allen will be AEW World Champion, mark his words. And Allen then said he is the one to end MJF's reign of terror as MJF spit in the face of Darby Allen and bailed out. So, a couple of notes here. Um, Sting did, did mention that on his last year on his contract with AEW, he said he's hanging up the boots. So we kind of got that um, uh, note there for, from Sting himself. And then um, this was a pretty good, um, like I said, this was a pretty good uh, pro promo between MJF, uh, the Darby Allen and Sting, as uh, uh, Darby Allen speaks his case on why he should be uh, on his quest to be get AEW World Champion. But right now, uh, somewhere next week in, in a week or two, now we need to see that face-to-face between MJF and Sammy Guevara. So, but um, other than that, what are your thoughts on the promo and also the match over of the night? So, yeah, uh, obviously, um, you know, uh, Swerve and Darby Allen has chemistry. They worked together a lot um, throughout their careers. Um, I mean, great match. Definitely a weird spot when Darby bit his foot. That was definitely interesting to see. Um, but yeah, definitely a good match. Got him with the Last Supper. The promos was good. Hearing Darby was able to buy his mama like house and retire his daddy. I'm like, hey, how much AEW paid over there? Um, but I mean, that's that showed you that he's in it for something different, and it shows you his motives and morals compared to MJF, of course, who we know don't have any morals. Uh, the Sting promo was good because it kind of went through all the stages of Sting, going from Beach Sting to Crow Sting to Wolfpack Sting to Joker Sting. I mean, that was pretty cool. Um, and kind of hearing all that history from this guy. He did allude that he's about to get ready to maybe retire soon, you know, um, but that Darby is ready for more action. So, yeah, it was great to see Sting, you know, come out there, cut that nice promo. He's such a legend, you know what I'm saying? Can't do nothing wrong. Um, but yeah, um, so we, we've been talking about who's going to be in the front running for the AEW championship with MJF. They keep going back from Jungle Boy to now Darby. Next week, will it be Sammy? Um, so they keep coming. I think they might be built into a big four-way uh, match at their next uh, pay-per-view. Yeah, we got a long way to go because, um, as you guys already know, uh, Double Nothing is on Memorial Day uh, the weekend. Uh, before we uh move on, I uh, I forgot to uh mention uh that uh, when we announced the uh when they announced the All In pay per view, uh last week, I forgot to to mention and I and I didn't notice, but um uh, but this is a little mistake I we made, but um now that All In. It's gonna be on the uh I forgot to mention it. it is on the the week before of Labor Day weekend. So we are not getting all out. So just to make to make a, a clearance here, we are not getting all out this year. So all in is, is the actual replacement for all out of uh, this year. Yeah, because all out was kind of the replacement for all in, and now all in is the replacement for all out. Yeah, in, that, in the beginning, at the beginnings of the company, when it was just the young bucks throwing a promotion, the first one was all in. Tony Khan bought it, and then they couldn't use it because Ring of Honor owned the name. So now that they got the name rights again, maybe there won't be any more all outs. Maybe it is just an all all in, and I think all in definitely should be their WrestleMania because this is what started it all. This is this is the catalyst that jumps that 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 proved that they can make money outside of the WWE world or outside of the New Japan world but throw their own promotion together. Um, I mean, look, five years later, they're about to play Wibble, they're about to get a, get a game coming out and all types of stuff. So, Yeah, that, that I wanted to, to mention uh, that this week uh, I had a little mistake uh, last week because uh, I didn't know it was uh, All In was going to actually replace All Out, but uh, I think I, uh, I caught that note. I just want to give y'all yeah, heads up on that. But um, uh, moving on, we got a TNT title match between Powerhouse Hobbs and Silas Young from um, uh, uh, RH. But um, it it didn't it didn't go that that long. So um, uh, uh Powerhouse Hobbs hit the spine buster, followed by the town bitches for a quick victory, and that was it. But um, after the match, as Hobbs and Marshall Q 
QT Marshall was about to drag Young up to the ramp, we saw Warlow walk up to Powers Hobbs' new car. Uh, what do you think of his new car? What do you think of his new car? was dope. Nice colors. It was sweet. Yep. But uh, it didn't survive the night. As uh, Warlow <laughs> walked up to the car in the parking lot, he smashed the windows, scratched up the, uh, the side of the door, before destroying it and turn back and look at the forklift as he drove up to, to the window and tip over the car and then uh, walked away. And um, uh, he still, he even had the keys in the initial on the forklift because it was still going. Luckily, the um the car stopped it because it, it, if the car wasn't in the way, that forklift would be on the street. I don't, I don't know if that was the plan that was supposed to happen, but but either way, um. And, and as Warlow uh, music hit, he went up to the ramp. Uh, him and Hobbs started um, uh, fighting it out. And that was before uh, Hobbs was attempted to powerbomb uh, Silas Young off the ramp where there was a table on, on the floor. And but he stopped that. And then the wrestlers, the referees, and agents tried to separate uh, Warlow's and Hobbs. But that ended up a bad news for Aaron Solo as uh, Warlow powerbomb air solo off the stage uh, the, through the tables. Well, one table break, but the other one didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I was worried that he might have hit the back of his head on the, that table um, because of the way he landed. Um, so yeah, with this segment, not, not much to talk about with the match. We kind of know Silas Young is a dropper. Um, so you kind of know what I mean, Hobbs is going to go in and just squash him. Um, I think the whole segment with... Um, with Warlow was definitely entertaining. The moment where he started to scratch the side of the door, oh, that I had my TV turned up loud, and that sent goddamn nails through my spine. Okay, um, but him smashing the windows is very satisfying. We love seeing stuff get destroyed, and then with the forklow, forklow, matching me in one of his shirts, just a picture of a forklift and it's forklore. Um, but um. But uh, when he turned to see the forklift over there, and then Taz on commentator saying "Hi, Low Jones," and then he got into the high low, and then went in and smashed it up, and then flipped it over. And my favorite part was at the end when he got out and he didn't put the brakes on, but he didn't panic because he saw that it was going to hit and stop. But that was pretty cool to see, just kind of roll and then hit it extra a little bit. That was pretty cool. But yeah, good to see these kind of attitude era kind of segments, this destruction of property type segments to increase the battle, increase the heat between these two, these big, massive dudes who, I mean, I don't know, I like seeing them fight. I like seeing just big, big, two, big dudes just clobber away at each other. Yeah, it's I, was, be- I, I was worried about Aaron Solo for a second at the end when he took him to the table. I was, I was like, man, I don't know. Does he look like he landed with the back of his head hitting it? Yeah, it's uh, but um, it's one thing I gotta mention. So we've been talking for, for, for months now, a couple of years for now. Now, but we got an announcement that uh, we will be seeing Powerhouse Hobbs defending the TNT title against Warlow next week. But listen. I don't want the TNT title to, to become AEW's version of the 24-7 title. Like, oh, this title has been hot potatoed ever since Cody left. So I don't know what's going to happen next week, but I feel like we need to put... To the 24-7 title is a little much, though, because we don't have guys running out in the ring like the Three Stooges, running all over the place in the middle of matches, um, just ridiculousness kind of things happen at any kind of moment. Um, I do agree this this title is going back and forth, and they do hot potato it a lot. But like I said, I think that's what this title is designed to do. The AEW Championship, if you look, every time someone wins that, they usually have it for like six, seven, eight months you know, at a time or up to a year. So it's not like that That title is important, not the hot potato. Um, the, the tag team championships as well, you know, that's something that can kind of go back and forth. But I do think with the TNT title, that is the TV title. So that is the title we're going to see get 
moved back and forth the most on TV. The AEW championship, that is the pay-per-view title. You pay to see who may walk away with that belt. But the TNT title, that's for free TV. Yeah, and that's why I say uh, the uh, the AEW International title that Orange Cassidy holds, that's more of the AEW's version of the Intercontinental title. That's more of the Warcross title, being yeah. what Orange yeah. Cassidy is doing with that title. But let me just say this. Um, if they want to bring back prestige to the uh, TNT title, I would let Powerhouse Hall win next week and then let Warlow go away for a little while and try to like rebrand. He don't have to change his name or anything because just kind of like rebrand himself. So to back to what what, what we know what Warlow used to be. So but that's that? that's my opinion. What's, what he used to be? Just he all he had was a, he just just he's the same Warlow just without a ponytail. But yeah, but 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 that's my opinion. So that's my opinion. yeah yeah. But no, I, I mean I think with Warlow, I think he's a he's one of those guys. It's funner to watch him chase than to actually get it. Once he actually gets it, it's almost like it's not as fun anymore with him. But it's always fun to see him try to chase that title or chase the guy down with that title. Um, so I think with 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 Warlow, he just he's just one of those guys. I mean, it's better to watch him try to go for it than him actually get it, get it. Now, what they can do is have Hobbs win. And then have somebody else come out and attack Warlow to start a new rivalry with Warlow. And now Warlow is distracted by this other rivalry that's happening. Um, and then Hobbs get a chance to get a breather from Warlow. And we get a breather from Warlow in the TNT title and him being in that picture. Uh, but at the same point in time, he's not a bad guy to have at the forefront of that title division. But then you have your problem there. If Warlow wins... Is anyone going to care anymore? That's the problem. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he should win the battle. I agree with you there. I don't think he should win. Because, like, he just won, and then it, it was up the next Wednesday. So I feel like we need to give a cooler to Warlow. And there's a reason why they must have took it off of him so quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, how did he just get it and him drop it in the same week? You know, so it has to be a reason why. Maybe they seen that people – didn't respond positively to him winning it again. And that's why they took it off of him so dang quick. Um, but, you know, but yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he should win it again. I think he, we definitely should probably get a new challenger for Warlow. But then, also, who's a good challenge for Warlow? You know, like, who's a good competitor? That's always been my thing with him is like, who would I want to see him go against? And I'll root for Warlow. It got to be just... I mean, really, you got to just get a other really bad heel. I mean, he was designed to be MJF, MJF's like heel, like ultimate heel, right? Well, ultimate babyface. So, like, unless they move him in the picture of MJF, MJF, they need another despicable heel that we can't wait to see Warlow get his hands on. Maybe even like a Kip Sabian. Somebody like that, like just a despicable heel, because Warlow is the best when he's a the cheered for babyface. You know, when he's that ultimate babyface, and we just want this big guy to go whoop that heel's butt because we're so tired of hearing him talk all his nonsense. So they need to give him another despicable heel because Hobbs, he's a heel. But he doesn't like come out and talk bad about the crowd. He doesn't come out and disrespect the audience. He just mean mugs. Like you know, he's a he's willing to do anything. You know, he's a bad guy, but he doesn't really do anything so heelish that the audience hates him. Yeah, but we'll have to wait and see next week uh, what's going to happen, and then we'll determine what's going to be the uh, the next phase. Yep, yep. And hopefully, hopefully, we all, you know, hopefully I'll see what's happening in Detroit. Can't wait to see that.
And then uh, moving on, we had a video package about the Bullet Club showing Switch Ray Jay White and uh, Juice Robinson saying they are the best uh, uh, of the bunch, calling themselves the uh, the Bang Bang Gang. As Robinson asked Ricky Stars, "How's the blade running?" It felt last week. As White said, "He is here to claim what is rightfully his, and this is only a beginning. As they are now, Bullet Club go." So what do you think of the new uh, tag team? Well, yeah, that's if they, if they bring in new uh, new members to the uh, new reincarnation of the Bullet Club, which is now the Bullet Club Gold. Uh, I mean, hey, I love the Bullet Club. I mean, I like the Bullet Club being in AEW. I think um, um, I think having are they having Bullet Club being a part of AEW? That I mean, there's so many different storylines they can go to because there's past Bullet Club meetings. I mean, the Bullet Club groups or fa- um, previous Bullet Club members. Juice so, Robinson and Ricky Starks. So yeah, I think that that's what they're they're doing, and um, and I think I see this rivalry continue to um. They have uh, to double or nothing, and then um, and then that's where um, at Forbidden Door um, they probably continue on for that. But I think it's going. I think it's probably continue on to double or nothing. Uh, I think. I think it's going. Yeah, I mean, I mean, hey, like I like Juice Robinson. I like Switchblade. I mean, they could be tag team champions i mean look at the competition that they can go against you know they could you know we could see them versus ftr we could see them versus the claim we could see them versus the um the young bucks i mean there's a lot of great tag teams in aew and i think they just added added a whole another new one that there's potential of great matches with these guys yeah absolutely and um i can't wait to see what's the next chapter for for this right here and then um, moving forward, Orange Cassidy defending the AEW International Championship against Buddy Matthews. And man, let me tell you, I almost thought that we were going to get a new champion here at Buddy Matthews. But uh, OC survives another uh, another challenge once again. But we have, but we do have to ask the question: Is uh? Is this slowly uh, hitting to Oris Cassidy now? Because um, because the story of the match was um, was the right hand that Orange Cassidy normally does for the uh, for the uh, for the for the Orange Punch. Yeah, I like how they played this whole angle with the with the hand. Also, man, Buddy Matthews, he's just an incredible, just an incredible looking athlete. Like you just look at him and be like, man, you about to get down, you about to do some stuff. Um, and that's exactly every time he get in the ring, man, he's always doing something that's just that's just killer. Yeah, this this to me was the match of the night here, and then uh, it ends with uh, uh, Cassidy got got the master got the mousetrap on on Buddy Matthews and for the flash pin of the victory. So, like this I said, a, a really good match here, though. Really good match. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I thought um, uh, Buddy Matthew was going to get it there, but like, I, uh, but once again, Orange Cassidy survives another challenge, and then we have to wait and see uh, who else is going to step up to Orange Cassidy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like um, honestly, like the competition is getting tougher and tougher for the international champion because last night I really thought like, oh, we might see two Bells Matthews over here. Um, because it was a couple of really close moments. I mean, this this uh, this match got you know this is awesome a few times during. Um, I mean, that's how these guys was working. So, yeah, I mean, really really good match last night. I really liked it. I didn't think the pairing would work, you know. But I mean, I know these guys both are real like you know the like Orange Cassidy gives this image of this this lazy guy. But when when you see him work, man, he's quick. He's fast. He's um, very quick on the, like quick on his feet. So yeah, it was yeah. Thumbs up. I want to see more of these guys. Yep. But um, uh, moving on from that, we had a quick um, from uh, 
from Cage and Luchasaurus, as uh, Cage said, some things has changed. And we see Luchasaurus had on a new ring gear. So what are your thoughts on the reemergence of Luchasaurus? Hey, I like, um, I like, I like the new look. He looks more dangerous for a half man, half dinosaur, half um, Lucha Libre. Um, I mean, he's the, I've always liked Lucha, Luchasaurus, but he's seeing him all evil and dark now with the spikes and the scales. Uh, yeah, and with Chris, he looks good with Christian too. They look like a very dangerous group. Yeah. Well, a I very a very dangerous pair. You have Luchasaurus's brute strength and Christian Cage's uh, mind behind his brute strength. Yeah, we have to wait and see um, what's their next um, plan is going to be. Like I said before, I think uh, Luchasaurus uh, when when we do have that fatal four way between the pillars, I think um, the Luchasaurus and Christian Cage is going to reemerge and cost uh, Jungle Boy the title. But but that's just me. But uh, we don't know what's gonna happen. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. But um, yeah. Renee Parquet with Bat stays with best friends at Orange Cassidy. As Renee asked, uh, "How's Orange Cassidy hands going?" Uh, and Trent said Cassidy was fine, and he will continue to defend his title. But uh, Trent said that he and Chuck was a little jealous. So um, that they they don't have going on their race. So um, they challenged the new uh, IWGP. He tag team champions uh, at the open to defend their titles on Rampage this Friday. No, Rampage be having some bangers, low key. Sometimes it be whack, but then sometimes you be like, okay, I'll, I, I might want to watch that. I record all of them, so I just I just be skimming through sometimes. But so lately, I've been watching the whole episode. Yeah, so we got our. Uh, uh, first uh, announcement for Rampage this Friday, and then um, uh, back back to the ring. Ethan Page was in the ring. Talk about the rough patches that the firm has been had, have been going through this these week these recent weeks. Page demands to know why Matt Hardy hit him with the FTW title last week, and demands to know what Hardy put in that contract. And then Hardy and Isaiah Isaiah, Isaiah Cassidy came out, said that Page shouldn't have read the fine print. Hardy said he manipulated Page, as the contract said. If Hook beats Page, then Hardy and Private Party are no longer under the the, 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 the dominion of the firm. Hardy then said he also wants to pick a match and stipulation that if he, they win, they are no no longer to be in the firm. And Hardy absolutely contracted himself here, as he had no idea. If Hardy and Private Party were actually free of the form, whether they had to have to win a match for it for it to happen. And then Paige said, there are more than just uh, Paige in the firm. As Big Bill and Lee Moriarty attacked them back uh, from behind until Hook tried to make the save, but the numbers are too much. And as the firm put the boots on Hardy and Cassidy and Hook until a uh, nerd music. Doo -doo 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 -doo. Chet Marty's music hit, and he sprang to the ring with a chair. Hit Bill and Paige was sent outside as more uh, Lee Marty hit a twisted fate and a swamp time bomb. But as the Hardys hit it, got a huge ovation. Man, let me tell you something. Jeff, Jeff Hardy looks uh, absolutely good, but um, you just gotta uh, make sure no more demons come his way. As long as he, he stays healthy, he's by his brother on the side, and then, man, the Hardys might uh, get one last uh, tattoo run before they hang up the boot. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, this was an incredible moment. I mean, we had, uh, you know, a big pop from that crowd. You know, it was deafening in there for a second. I don't know they realized that he was really coming out. Um, but when he came out, I mean, boy, they don't boy. Uh, but no, I'm happy to see Jeff back again. When you see him come back and you know what happened and you know what he did, um, or you know kind of that he's on some circles and different kind of circumstances here. Uh, I mean, how many times can we do a welcome back 
you know, a welcome back, you know, thing for uh, Jeff, you know, I just want him to take care, make sure he's good, um, and then go from there. But yeah, good. it was a great pop, really great pop. I just hope we're not saying later on, like, ah, he messed up again. You know, I just don't hope, I don't want, it makes me fearful for that story, but happy to have him back. I'm happy because now Matt can get out of these crap storylines. I mean, him trying to explain what was happening yesterday, that long-winded way of explaining what he did. That's that's just because of everything that he's been, you know, had to go through because of his brother. So looking forward to Jeff getting back and being clean. Yeah. And then um yeah, man, uh, I'm glad to see the the Hardy's back. And um, but we have to wait and see when we're going to get that Matt Hardy versus Ethan Page uh, the uh, match, but uh, it's going to happen down the road. We don't know when, but we just have to wait in, in a couple of weeks of uh, when that's going to happen. But um, uh, moving on, Kenny Omega, in which we thought was a live uh, promo, which turned out to be a pre-tape promo, and then um, Kenny Omega had a comment on when he was on his home last week. And then he talked about the attack from the Blackpool Combat Club in a recent week. Omega thanked the, uh, the doctors for helping him out. And he said he understands why the BCC did what they did. They wanted to make headlines. Omega said that he had to take it personal for what they did to Don Callis. While Callis may not be all that likable, he still calls him family. And this is, isn't blood for blood. And whatever Omega sees them next, it will be much, much worse. You know the size of a biscuit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, this was the promo. You know, it got me. I thought I didn't know Kenny was there, but we forgot later he kind of was. Um, but this is just them building up this uh, feud between Blackpool Combat Club. And again, when we get to their segment, they are starting to say barbaric they are starting to say barbaric and if i'm not you know looking too much into it i would assume they may be changing their name to the barbaric combat club or something like that um but yeah anyways um yeah can he dupe this with a promo yeah and then we switch to uh, Black Blue Combat members, uh, John Marcy and Cario Castanovi against uh, Brandon Cutler and Mike Wazowski. Uh, so, um, the man, credits to uh, uh, Michael Kajazi and Brandon Cutler who put up a fight that we expected it uh, to be, and uh, with a visual of Cutler uh, bleeding in the match through, throughout his um, his face match was pretty good, but um, they they um, it was just too much for them, man. They they couldn't hold it until um uh they hit uh, they hit the Death Rider and also the King Kong uh, Lariat to beat them down and then the referee had had to call for it and that was it and then after the match um Moxley took the mic and said the elite in Don Callis had glass jaws until Kenny Omega's music hit and then we realized he was in the building tonight and that promo he did that was pre-taped. So um, his music hit, he walked out from the bat and with the BC's attention turned. And before you know it, it's Super Kit Party with the Young Bucks. They ran in from behind and we had a huge brawl in our hands and the Young Bucks laid out Moxley with the BTE trigger as, Oma uh, as Omega slid in the two box as he was about to cluck Moxley until Mad Jackson stopped him. She said, ah, 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 let me give you something else. He went to his pocket and pulled out the screwdriver, the same screwdriver that Brian Danielson did on Hey Man Adam Page. So, um, Massey's was split in Matt's, Massey's split in Matt's face and dare Omega to do it. But, um, Claudio Casinovi and, um, Willa Yuta pulled Massey, uh, free out of the ring and then, went, and then, Omega hit the um the repulse with the with 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 the screwdriver, and then the BCC was was in retreat from the crowd, and then this was just a um another day, and uh, we already um 
planting seeds for the um, uh, Blood and Guts match, which uh, which I think is going to happen in June. I think uh, probably after um, Forbidden Door, yeah, because they they did it after Forbidden Door last year. Yeah, this was definitely um, this. Okay, I got I got a big problem with this segment. Okay, my big problem with this segment is why or oh why did the elite and Kenny Omega wait so long to go save Brian Cutler and Nakazawa? I mean, they were getting beat down for a while. Why did they come out sooner? Um, that was my only issue with that segment. I was like, okay, if you guys were there the whole time, why didn't you guys come out sooner to help them out? Um, but you know, they were in a match, uh, they were violent. Um, feel bad for Brian Cutler and that goes out, they don't get much action, and then the action the day they see themselves on the card, it's a giant beatdown, you know. Um so definitely not a good day at the office for them. But building up to this rivalry, I really like this rivalry. I really like these guys. Um, you know, this is a new matchup for us. They always been kind of in the same circle, but never kind of went at it together. So I'm loving that it is this, this, um, this matchup with these elite guys, you know. Yeah, and there we go uh, backstage with uh, Tony Schiavone as uh, he was with uh, Swerve Strickland and then with Brandon, Brian Cage and uh, Prince Novar. And um, we got, uh, li listen, we got the mobile, you got the mobile affiliate uh, associated with the embassy. Do we see another um, super faction here? With the NBC and the and the mobile affiliates, I was there one more time, Pico. Uh, we uh, we it looks like we got another uh super faction here with really? um with the NBC and the uh the mobile affiliates. Oh yeah, these guys coming together. I mean. I mean, having Swerve around, you know, the embassy, that's that's real danger right there. Those guys are uh, mean and mad. I really don't get what this whole thing is with Brian Cage and Swerve. And I think this is Tony just trying to mix it in with his Ring of Honor crews and his AEW people. Um, I thought Swerve had a crew. I thought he had uh, Bordeaux, whatever the hell his name is, but Parker and uh, my man's... Uh, Clink or Chinkler, Clink, Clink, I don't know what his name was. But, um, yeah, I don't know what happened to his old crew. I thought he had a crew. Um, the Mogul affiliates died quick, fast, in a hurry. But I do like the theme song still, so. No, they uh, they injured. They ain't died just yet. They injured. Oh, they're injured? Dang, yeah. well, they didn't even have a match. Uh, how, I, they both, how they both get injured? <laughs> I think Keith Lee put them on the show. Ah, okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I mean, speaking of, you know, Keith, we see something pop up later on with him, but yeah, um, I mean, I guess if they're injured, if Keith Lee <laughs> injured both of them, then I see why Swerve is, 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 is holding on to other people and trying to get some protection. But now, now knowing that they are injured, that's good to know. Because I was like, wait a second, didn't he? I must, that must have been on a Rampage episode I missed. Uh, but didn't he uh, just have people and now he don't have no people? What's up with that? But so knowing that Swerve and the embassy may be a thing that could be a super faction. And we also could be seeing Swerve make his way over to Ring of Honor every once in a while. I mean, I know they're looking for more matches. I know they're looking for more match types. So that's definitely something we could be seeing, um, you know, in the near future. If they are trying to mix the two factions together, it might be this faction that can go in between AEW 
and Ring of Honor and create chaos on both ends of it. Yeah, and then um, uh, he mentioned uh, earlier, Darby Allen said um, he congratulated on his success. He said it was a testament to everything that um, Strictly had taught them. But now with the emergence of the mobile affiliates and the embassy, they are now the mobile embassy. And it says they ended to stop growing and he's getting bigger but day by day as they are not done uh, just yet uh, tonight. And they said they're gonna uh, got some more scores to to, to settle. Yep, man. We see what he does later. So what was and the next? Now, yeah, yeah. We move on to uh, Tony Storm and Ruby Souls of the Outcast versus uh, Riho and Sky Blue, and then um. Even though most of this match was um, by picture, picture, so you couldn't really see too much of, of everything, but um, the match briefly broke down to uh, Rio at the almost at the upper hand on uh, Ruby Soul, but um, uh, Tony Storms made the save, who hit the German suplex and, and the sweet cheek music, and then followed by the Storm Zero on Sky Blue to get the victory. And then after the match, uh, Rio continued to fight, but was beaten down by the outcast who sprayed L on Rio before dropping the signature shield triple power bomb. And then uh, Jamie Hayter sprinted to the ring, but, but was a little too late as she, she was swerved, only for Britt Breaker to hit the ring and lay out uh, Soho and Storm on the ramp. And then a slush match um, between Baker and Soraya before Baker went for the curve stop and then Soraya was pulled out to safety by Storm and Soho. So with this in mind, um, we, have, we move on to what I think is gonna be Jamie Hayter versus uh, Soraya for the AEW Women's World title at Double or Nothing. Also, big shout out to Sky Blue, who has been putting in her rep. She has been on Dark a lot. She has been on Dynamite a lot. I mean, she still doesn't have like that much of a personality yet, but I can, I can see that her in-ring skills are definitely improving. So shout out to her coach, because it's definitely coming along in a big way. Um, but yeah, this match was great. I love the outcast. I think they really work. I love the black green. They're, they're my favorite women's faction um, group in wrestling right now. So, yeah, I really like them. And, I, I, and also, Jamie Hayter, last week went to tough. This week, they beat her down. Even though she did get back up and all three of them was wrestling with her. <laughs> Excuse me, y'all. Um, but um, also, DMD coming out with the big save. You know, usually they kind of come out together. But DMD coming out with the big saves to save the day and get that big baby face pop. Yeah, but uh, like I mentioned, it's going to lead to um, uh, Jamie Hader versus Soraya, which I think that might happen for a double or nothing. But um, the, we'll see what's going to happen. And then um, the main event saw a first time ever with uh, Chris Jericho versus uh, Keith Lee. So this was Keith Lee's first singles match on Dynamite in over a year, uh, where his last match uh, we had was on uh, on Rampage, but now he's back on on Dynamite. This came about to this was just a rivalry for Chris Jericho and Adam Cole, which we saw Cole uh, later on at the end of the show. So um, this was a um a pretty good match, but but in the end it was uh Sir Strickland tossing um. Uh, Keith Lee, the match, which led to Jericho get the uh, the steel victory. But then after the match, Adam Cole's music hit. He immediately walked down to check on Keith Lee. As um, if you guys didn't see the match that they had back when they were back with the NSC when they had the winner takes all match, uh, go check that out. So uh, yeah, so Adam Cole check on Keith Lee, said he was all right. He did the exact thing what Jericho did for Garcia a couple of weeks ago, but except this time. Cole gave the side glance at Jericho, who was furious 
as uh, uh, Cole and Keith Lee walk out to the ramp uh, to, to end the show. Yeah, but we've seen Swerve hit Keith Lee with a boombox or a something something, leaving with a sinister smile. Yeah, this is a really good match between Keith Lee and Jericho, though. Like, uh, maybe really good storytelling, really good pacing. It wasn't too fast. You know, they played to Keith Lee's strengths. Um, they, they didn't do any too crazy flips or anything. Garcia was irritating as all heck out, out in the ring, keeping it in the ring, out of ring. Um, so they're building up this Adam Cole. Uh, also, uh, not normal for AEW to do these kind of finishes, these kind of interference finishers, uh, where someone gets hit and then go and, you know, get the match. Kind of, it's always like a week. I thought I wanted Keith Lee to kick out and then Jericho do his finisher, and then, you know, do it, you know, get the win. But um, so they don't really normally do these type of finishers, so it always makes it feel like the crowd gets ripped off. But then when Adam Cole came out, then it was a big boom, big pop. Everyone's happy again. I wish there was more dialogue or something in between Cole, but they're teasing that moment, I guess, the moment where they they, they talk and, and kind of um, confront each other for the first time. Uh, but yeah, kind of a weak main event, not gonna lie. They could have done that anytime during the show. Um, I think the the bigger main event should have been um the Blackpool Comic Club and all of that stuff. Probably would have put that there. But they're 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 positioning Adam Cole to be their next main event guy. Like the they're they're putting the company kind of on his back. He's gonna be the Shawn Michaels, he's gonna be the guy in the in the near future. Uh, will we see Adam Cole versus MJF? Not sure. But um, someone's going to take that belt off MJF eventually. Who is it going to be? We don't know yet. Yeah, we're going to see future Adam Cole matches uh, down the line. But um, I think when that time comes, Adam Cole might be one of the uh, participants that might uh, take the title of MJF. But that's still um, hopefully they don't face each other this year because we know that um, MJF is not losing this title this year. Um, when we get to 2024, then that's what's going to happen. But I think we just need to uh, keep Adam Cole on uh, away for the AEW title for right now, try to build him up. And then this is a good way to build him up to be in a rivalry with Chris Jericho. And it's definitely going to lead up to double or nothing. And then, like you said, um, in a couple of weeks, we need to see uh, a promo between these twos and yeah it's a, it's something special man and uh well we'll definitely see what's going to happen in a couple of weeks uh that down the line between adam cole and um and chris jericho but um other than that um we got a matches uh, lined up for rampage uh jungle boy jack perry faces the return sean spears as um he's returning from for being a a, a new uh, father and then uh, we got Ozzy Open defending the IWGP Tag Team titles against the best friends. We will hear for the new AEW Tag Team Champions, FTR. Uh, Taya Vakery will take on Eka uh, Sasoka. Uh, Mark Briscoe, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, and Tatnam Singh will be in action. And then we'll hear from Matt Menard and Angelo Parker. And then next week's Dynamite will be in Pittsburgh as the hometown uh, hero Dr. Britt Breaker teams up with the AEW Women's World Champion JB Hader versus uh, two members of the Outcast, Tony Storm and, Ru and Ruby Soho. And then we got Power Sauce defending the TV title against Warlow. There we go. Let's see if uh, see if Warlow can uh, get his title back. Well, we don't think he should. But big, big rampage. It's starting to do these live rampages a little bit more often now. Yeah, we need more uh, live rampage if they're gonna do, do another third show, but uh, but that's um uh, down the line. Um, uh, we'll see what happens there. But if um, they, do a, if they do a third show. I hope it's like a real campy kind of Saturday morning wrestling show. Kids haven't haven't had a Saturday morning wrestling show in a very long time. Um, so I think if they did another show, that that, that it, it might be totally out of left field, but I don't think I need another serious wrestling show from AEW. I would love a nice campy, can have fun one, something that people can watch their kids type show. Yep, but um, we'll see what happens. 
but uh, but that's uh, in the near future. But um, other than that, it was okay. It, it, it was an okay uh, dynamite uh, episode this week. We'll see what the next uh, week is going to be. But um, other than that, any else you want to plug before we wrap up? Uh, now at the moment, guys, um, I'm going to be at AEW uh, Dynamite on May 10th. So follow my Instagram at Leland Benford um, for pictures. Follow my Facebook at Leland Benford for pictures and any kind of stories that I may put out on the day of. Yeah. And then um, you guys already know Dynamite is going to be in uh, in Sunrise of Fort Lauderdale in a couple of weeks. So I hope y'all will be there for, for that as well. But um, uh, other than that, man, um, we'll keep y'all informed. Uh, what's going on with empathy as always uh, we're still in post-production but um it's still we're still working we're <laughs> hey, still working just guess what this week alone though with empathy and what you brought it up um it has moved over to color it has moved over to post sound and also moved over to our composer um so it has officially moved to that next level and we started our marketing meetings guys so you're going to see a lot of cool marketing coming up for empathy in the next couple of months. Yeah, we're, we're looking good, man. And we'll keep y'all updated of what's going on. But um, yes, uh, other than that, yep. Uh, other than that, he's Leland and I'm Trico and we're signing off, y'all. Peace.